the North Shore Church audio podcast. To find out more information about North Shore Church, please visit us at mynsag.com. We hope you enjoy today's message. Praise the Lord. Aren't you thankful that we can advance in the kingdom of God? Today we're going to be talking about the right escalator, learning how to wait on the Lord. How many of you like to wait in line? Anybody here like to wait in line? I sure don't. I guess I had my hand up. I shouldn't put it up, should I? When we're in Walmart getting ready to check out, Barb's usually pushing the cart and I'm usually looking ahead and I'm trying to pick out the line with the least people in it, you know, and, and the one that's maybe the moving the fastest, and I'll kind of motion for her to get in line here, and then I'll go down the line, oh, this one looks better, and I'll motion her up, you know, this one is better. And uh, so finally we get in line, and, and I'm kind of antsy. I'm still watching these other lines, which, which one's going the fastest? Did I choose the right line, you know? Somebody's laughing back there. They act like that. They've been in that line before. They don't like to wait in line either. Okay. Doctor's offices. How many of you have ever had to wait beyond your scheduled time in a doctor's office? I think probably a few of you had. Uh, Sometimes the doctor's called out and we have to wait there. Uh, That kind of reminds me of a story of an older lady that went to see the doctor. Oh, that's the wrong story. I better get back. I better look at my notes. Barb's about to have a heart attack. She knows the story I was thinking about there. (laughs) My notes tell us that uh, we were in um, Kentucky Fried Chicken Monday and uh, enjoying ourselves. And um, I was taking my plates and Barb's plates back to the garbage. And uh, I had to get my dessert yet. And there's an older lady, and then there's a man right behind her, and then I'm in line, number three. And I don't know what was going on with this older lady. She was an attractive lady. She was a fine lady, a very intelligent-looking lady. But she acted like she was filling her dishwasher at home. This little piece went to this side of the the garbage, this one went here, and this one went here, and this one went here. The guy in front of me finally got out of line. He was impatient and went to a different line. And I'm there trying to be kind, and I'm kind of smirking, you know, and trying to smile at the same time when she's looking at me. And I thought, I just cannot comprehend what's going on here. Waiting in line sometimes gets to us. Well, I don't know. The Lord must have known that I needed a patience break, that I needed to be understanding, uh, that I needed to just relax and let things happen a little bit. You know, it's amazing how the Lord knows what we need. Have you ever prayed and expected 20 seconds later when you push the uh, uh, button on the microwave that you're going to get your answer that quick? That's kind of the way we are 
in our American society in the United States. We are the microwave culture, right? We don't like to wait. But you know, there are times that we probably benefit a great deal in waiting. In relation to uh, this series, I had a dream about waiting. I was attending a variety of athletic events, and uh, every time I went to one of these events, I had to wait in a long line, and I was annoyed. And then the next scene of that dream, we were at the finals where the Cavs and the Golden State Warriors were playing that seventh game, you know, and it was over and everybody is celebrating on the Cavs side and the announcer goes to the Golden State side and starts interviewing people. And I thought, what in the world is wrong with this guy? And he saw people irritated in the crowd there and he says, you're just going to have to wait. I thought, what is going on with the news media nowadays? But waiting is not always bad. The Cavs learn to adjust and wait and improve and make changes, and they come out the winners, right? Now, I don't know what side you're on or we're on, but there are many, many times when the Lord doesn't answer, answer instantly, He's saying what? Wait. Can we understand that the Lord has some good things for us when we wait? Turn with me in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 40. We're going to look at verse 25 through 31. This is the portion that we are challenged to wait on the Lord. The challenge is given to us there in that portion of Scripture, beginning at verse uh, 25, Isaiah 40, verse 25, and it reads, To whom then shall you compare me, that I should be like him, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and see who created these, he who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name. By the greatness of his might and because of his strong power, not one is missing. He's kind of showing him the heavens and the great creation, the stars and the planets there. Who's created all of these things? He's talking about the awesomeness of God and his creation. And then verse 27, he says, Why do you say, O Lord, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. Did you ever say that? God doesn't pay attention to me. What's going on here? Verse 28, he says, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. That's amazing, isn't it? In those times of challenge, we need to understand this truth about God. He is the great I am. He is the creator of all these things and of us as well. Then verse 29, he goes on to say he gives power to the faint. 
To him who has no might, he increases strength. Praise God for that promise. Amen? We need his strength. Now, verse 30, he said, Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The implication of this truth here, even the youth, the young men failing and fainting, is the truth that all of us need the Lord. Pastor Chris talked about those energetic boys at kids camp. I've been there. I've seen that happen. Our first time at kids camp when we just got out of college and come back, uh, went to get my assignment, and they said, we're going to give you a room here, but you better go check those boys. They're kind of known to be kind of rough and rowdy. Uh, so I said, okay, I'll go check. Went to check and opened the cabin door. They had the little individual cabins at that time years ago. And I walked in, and there were about three of my cousins. And they kind of looked at me funny. Are you our dorm leader? I says, yeah, I'm supposed to be. And they kind of had that blank look on their face. I went back and told them at the desk. I says, I think I can handle these. I says, they're some of my cousins. I know they're a family. And I didn't have much problem with them, but they were full of life. They had a lot of energy. And what's the scripture saying? Even the young people might grow faint and weary and fail and fall. We need to learn to wait on the Lord, right? He's our source of life. He's our source of strength. He is the great I am. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. May we learn to wait on the Lord, the great I am. They that wait upon the Lord. Notice that. What is waiting on the Lord in Scripture? To patiently tarry, to seek His face, yes. How do we as believers wait on the Lord? By reading the Word of God? By praying? By praising? By worshiping? By gathering together at times like this? We're reaching out to the Lord. We're waiting on Him. Not only are we worshiping and magnifying His name, but we need His Holy Spirit to minister to us. Each and every one of us, young and old alike, we each need the Lord. So when we think of waiting on the Lord, we recognize it's important that we seek His face, that we reach out to Him. Aren't you thankful that when you seem like you can't go a moment farther, another step, He's there to impart His love and mercy and grace and His faith to each and every one of you. Praise the Lord. So, when we wait upon the Lord, we draw strength and He ministers to us in unique and mighty ways. So all of us need to wait upon the Lord, young and old alike. I am amazed when I watch 
some of the distant runners in track. Those guys that uh, run the mile, the two mile, and some of the others that are even farther than that, they are amazing. Often in these races, uh, they have a pacer. Somebody will be out in this race that uh, doesn't really plan to finish, but he's going faster and faster, and he, he leads the way. He kind of keeps those guys going and sets a fast pace for them. But two or three laps, you see him drop out. He didn't plan on finishing the race. He just planned on inspiring those that were behind him to run faster. But those guys that run those distant races like that, the amazing thing is about 200 yards before the, the finish line, you see those guys start giving it a kick as if they were just starting the race. They've run lap after lap. My tongue's hanging out just watching them. And here, 200 yards to finish, and the kick starts, and that pack of runners does a sprint to the finish. How is it possible? They've trained for weeks and months and maybe even years. They've had proper diets. They've exercised. They've done a variety of things so that they might be victorious in that race. And I think that's good for us to think about as well. Those distance runners have something to say to us as Christians. Now, look at the scripture in, in Isaiah there again. He starts off, he says, they will mount up with wings as eagles. Have you ever watched an eagle soar? It's amazing. Get up there in the currents and their wings are just stationary. They move just a little bit to turn. But there's no effort at all, it seems. They are being held up by the various currents. They know how to find those currents. They may dip down a while, get a downdraft, but up again they go in those currents. When we have learned to wait upon the Lord, God's Holy Spirit is there to minister to us and sustain us and help us to go on serving Him day by day, seemingly without a whole lot of effort. They shall mount up with wings as an eagle. But remember, the eagle has to come down to eat. The eagle has to come down and face life in, in different ways on the ground as well. And so do we as Christians. The next step that we see in this is we need to understand how important it is for us to draw strength from the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 7 said, Cast all your cares upon me because I care for you. How can we mount up? How can we stay there? By putting our trust, our faith, our confidence in our glorious Lord and Savior. Cast all your cares. That eagle that is up there soaring, he doesn't have a care in the world about what's going on on the ground right now unless he sees some prey he wants to go down and grab. Right? When we're soaring with the Lord, 
It's amazing, but we still have to put our trust in Him, right? We still need the current of the Holy Spirit to minister to us that we might soar for the glory of the Lord. Then he says what? You shall run and not grow weary. Back down on the earth now, it's a little harder to run. But he says, as we learn to wait on the Lord, I will give you strength and give you that ability to run and not grow weary. Again, as we talked about those distance runners, why can they do it? They've trained. They put their confidence in the work that they've put in, and then they continue to go. So as we are on this earth serving the Lord, there may be an uphill run at times, right? We've got to have that strength. I remember when I was running track, I used to hate windy days, especially when you come around on the final lap and hit that wind and uh, it just felt like you had a brick wall there in your face. But boy, when you turned the corner and got back toward the finish line, if the wind was at your back, oh, you could go great again. The word of the Lord said, what? We need to learn to wait on him. We need to learn to draw strength from him. And he said, I will enable you as you serve me to run and not grow weary. You know, it depends a great deal where we focus when we're running. I remember our son, he was always trying to break my track records. And he never broke my uh, 400 record until his senior year. He was in state track meet, and he was about my height, and big guys running that uh, 400 dash, and he was taking two steps to their one, but he was right up there with the leaders. I think he was second place as he come around the, the final uh, corner, and in the sprint to the finish, he was holding second place. And he made a lunge, and I thought, what in the world is he doing? He lunged at the wrong line. Line on the track, the guy ahead of him had broke the ribbon, and he made a lunge and started to slow down at the wrong line, and he ended up fourth. He still broke my record, but he could have set a better record himself. And you know, there's times that we're pushing, we're running, and we don't focus on the Lord and we make an effort to finish and we're at the wrong line. We need the help of the Lord, right? We need to continue to wait on Him. We need to continue to focus on Him. We need to continue that we might press through the mark of the prize of the high calling of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So what is he saying here? He said, you're going to learn in your Christian life, to run uphill and downhill with the wind, against the wind, going across the right mark? Is it easy for us Christians to wonder what mark we're going to finish on? There's a lot of people in this day and age in which you live, 
and what we're talking about end time events and there's a lot of things that are happening in the world that let us see that we're living in some of those end time things but we need to be careful that we don't give up too quick that we don't focus on the wrong finish line how many times have we heard somebody say the lord's coming on this date and they sell property and go to the mountains or whatever and the date comes and goes Sometime back, one of those made that statement and it come and gone. He tried to answer the critics and, oh, he says, I was off a year. And so he again makes a prediction it's going to be a year later and a year comes and goes and it's not there. We need to be careful that we don't focus on the wrong finish line. The word of the Lord says what? We do not know the day or the hour. He's coming there will be a time that the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive in the Lord will be caught up to be with them in the air. That will be a glorious time, right? We are running with the help of the Lord and we shall not grow weary as we wait on Him. He will give us strength. And then the next step, he talks about some interesting things. He said, as we look at this in the running process, we need to think about a New Testament portion of Scripture. Philippians chapter 4 at verse 4 is a favorite portion of Scripture of mine. If you turn to it or look at it on the screen, it talks about peace. Philippians 4.4. 4. I'm going to read. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. They tell us when we look to the Word and two words or two phrases are mentioned right close together it's there for emphasis do we need to learn to rejoice as we run and serve the Lord we certainly do rejoicing has a way of reviving and strengthening us so he challenges us to learn to rejoice he said let your reasonableness be known to everyone we as Christians it's vitally important that we learn to be reasonable I think it's vital that we learn to be reasonable. You can jump out on this tangent, you can jump out on this tangent, and it's here for a while and gone, and a lot of people can suffer as a result. But when we're reasonable, walking faithfully, running faithfully with the Lord, He's going to be there with us. He says, let everyone understand and see your reasonableness. He says, the Lord is at hand. Now, he gives to us the next phrase here, an impossible statement, an impossible task. Anybody ever worry? Anybody ever anxious about things? Yeah, we are. We all face that. Now, what's the challenge? He says, be anxious. What? Be anxious? No, is that what he said? It, it isn't? Where are you reading there? Oh, do not be anxious about anything. Impossible in our own strength. Right? Impossible in our own strength. But he gives us the solution. Look at it there. Be anxious? No. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything... By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
What's the, what's the solution? What's the prescription to overcoming anxiety as we are running with the Lord? Bring our needs to the Lord in prayer. Supplication, thanksgiving, praise, worship. And then what does he say? And as a result of that, the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Peace. Peace of God. A peace that is awesome. A peace that is amazing. A peace that is remarkable. A peace that comes in the middle of the storm. Only the Lord can give peace in the middle of the storm. Remember the time Jesus was in the boat with the apostles. He was in the back sleeping. Storm came. They were about to drown. The waves were coming over. They wake him up, said, Lord, don't you care? We're about to drown. He checked them a little bit and asked them where their faith was, but he spoke to the wind and the sea, and there was perfect calm. And on one of those occasions, it says they were instantly at shore. The miracle of God and His ability to give us peace. Peace in the middle of the storm. Peace that passes all comprehension and understanding. Peace. When the battle seems to be raging all around us, peace, be still, were the words of Jesus. And when he speaks them to you and me, miracles happen within us mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. Amen? Peace I give unto you, Jesus says. As we run... He can impart that peace to us and give us strength day by day. Then he goes on to say, you will walk and not faint. Those daily, grueling activities and situations that we are each involved in, that neighbor across the fence that is so irritating, that family member, where did they come from? They just don't seem to understand how irritating they are. Have you ever been there? Yeah. My sister that's just a couple years younger than I was kind of one of those. And I used to get so irritated. She was into mischief and trouble and at an early age. I don't know whether this actually happened or whether she figured something out. But when Dad had come to give her a swat or a spanking, she'd faint. <laughs> and when it first happened, I thought she was really sick. 
And dad did too, and oh, the mercy and the grace, you know. Well, I think as she grew older, she was milking this thing to no end. Because even as she got older as a teen, when she was in trouble and there was going to be some correction, she'd just keel over. Well, how can dad correct and give the spanking when she's laying on the ground? You don't know whether she's going to live or die. I used to get so irritated because I thought, still do, she was putting on a show. She'd figured out how to get by. When, when we have to live with some of these irritating situations, it can get to us as a good godly Christian, right? That woman sorting her garbage at Kentucky Fried Chicken, it was getting to me as a good Christian. Even though I was smiling and trying to be nice, down deep I was upset. So what are we talking about here? We need to learn how important it is to wait on the Lord. He says, as you wait upon me, I'm going to give you strength to walk day by day. Uphill, downhill, around the corner, against the wind, whatever it may be, I'm going to be there with you. Amen? I think of the words of Jesus when he said, come unto me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Can't you just picture the Lord standing there with his hands outstretched? He said, come on, I'm here. I'm here. If you'll just call on me, if you'll just come to me, if you'll just wait on me, I've got strength for you. I've got provision. I've got guidance and direction. I've got rest. I've got peace. Come to me. In those difficult times when we're just trudging along, the Lord's still there. Amen? Remember his promise just before he ascended to heaven? I will always be with you. Now, he couldn't be with everyone all of the time when he was here, but he said, I'm going to go back to heaven. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and I'll always be with you 24-7. Amazing, right? He is there with us day and night as we plod along. I remember we had a speaker some years ago at one of our ministers' winter retreat when pastors and their uh, spouse and leaders of the church get together in uh, January. And this speaker was sharing to us the importance of plodding on. He said, in the ministry, you'll have high times and low times, but you need to learn to plod on. And three days he kept saying, plod on, plod on, plod on. He said, I will enable you to walk and not grow weary. He said, the young people may even fail. They need to trust the Lord, but you need to trust me. Aren't you thankful for the rest that the Lord 
is there to give you. He's the great I am. I'm an early morning riser. Haven't always been that way when I was younger and in youth ministry we stayed up late with the kids, you know, and all that, so I didn't get up early. But now, for quite a number of years, I've been an early riser, and that's my personal, private, quiet time with the Lord, reading the Word, listening for that still, small voice of the Lord, praying, waiting upon the Lord that I might be strengthened. I remember a few years back, when we were pastoring in Bridgeport, church was growing, good things were happening. We, on a one business meeting, elected a new board member that I thought would be really good, good leader. And um, about two, two and a half years into that leadership, I don't know what happened in his life, but he got a little on the cranky side and his wife followed suit. And I was challenged by this, praying and seeking God. When he and his wife and their son would walk in the door, usually late on Sunday morning, you could just sense a spirit of evil. We had a choir that sang during that particular time, and several of my choir members cornered me and said, Pastor, you need to do something about this board member. And I said, why? I knew, but I wondered what they were going to say. They said, when he walks in with his family, it says it's just like cold water being poured upon this service. It says there's just something going on there. And I knew it. I'd been seeking the Lord and waiting upon the Lord as a result of this problem. I'd seen it happen. And the Lord talked to me. When I was praying and waiting upon him, and he said, you need to focus on me. Don't focus upon those that come in with their garbage. That's what I was doing when they would come in. I would sense that, you see. And the Lord said, you focus on me. In spite of what's going on around you, focus on me. Draw strength from me. I am here. I promise to be with you. And it was amazing. The Lord gave me strength, and the Lord helped me work through that. And yet the difficulty was there. Some of the members were saying, you got to get rid of him. you got to get him out of there. It's, it's bad. He's not even got a good reputation in the community anymore. I said, just be careful. Just wait. He says, there's only a few weeks now, and we're going to have a, a business meeting, and his name is up and just wait and pray and in the middle of all of that one day when I was struggling the Lord gave me a scripture he said just put your trust in me there are many people in this place that need Jesus you just be faithful And it was amazing, even though it was a challenge to me, a challenge to the church, the church continued to grow, and we continued to reach people in the community because, he said, you will walk and not faint. You will plod on. And that's what we as Christians need to remember to do day by day. 
to plod on, to continue to trust, continue to reach out to the Lord, continue to wait on the Lord. Get on that up escalator, okay? You're, there may be a line because it's going the right direction. Get on that up escalator. When I was thinking of this sermon and seeing that up escalator, I thought of Jacob when he had created a problem at home, remember? Stole his brother's birthright and his brother was angry and going to kill him. He had to leave home and the first night out, he's sleeping on the hard ground. His pillow wasn't soft. It was a stone. It was a rock. But during the night, God in his mercy and grace gave him a vision of a stairway going to heaven with angels ascending and descending and God gave him promises. Now, he didn't necessarily wait on the Lord. He'd been a little bit disobedient, probably that bad uh, family member for a little bit there, but God had mercy and grace on him and gave him these promises. God loves you. God cares for you. He knows what you're going through, and he wants to minister strength and restoration to each one of you. The scripture says, cast all your care on him because he cares for you. All your cares, cast them upon Jesus. He's there with outstretched arms saying, come to me. Whatever the situation you face today, some people may not even know what you're going through, but Jesus does. As you wait upon him, he said, I'm going to come and minister to you. What's the scripture say? Let's read it again in closing. What was it? They that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What is the key? Waiting on the Lord. And the Lord then will do his part of ministering strength and life and hope and faith day by day. Come to Jesus. Let's stand together. Worship team is going to begin to sing, but I want you to reach to Jesus. While they sing, just reach to Jesus right now. Cast that need upon him right where you're standing. We're going to open these altars in front. Prayer team is going to be here to help in a moment. But reach to him right now, right where you are. Cast your care on him, totally on him. Wait upon the Lord. Go. Do your mighty work, Jesus. Do your mighty Where work. All the love Minister I've ever found comes like a flood, comes flowing down. And at the cross, at the cross, I surrender my life. I mean all of you, I mean all of you, where you love red, red in my 
someone to pray with you come on step out they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength anyone come on the prayer team is here to help you the prayer team is here to minister to you praise the Lord praise the Lord hallelujah we need Jesus you don't have to be here to do that work right where you are Jesus is there ministering to you as well praise the Lord praise the Lord hallelujah let's bow before the Lord in closing prayer Heavenly Father I pray your blessings upon these your people thank you for promising us that if we wait on you you're gonna help us mount up with wings you're gonna help us run you're gonna help us walk you're gonna help us to be an overcomer, to be victorious in you. Bless these, your people. Pour out of your spirit mightily upon each one and undergird them with your glory, your love, your mercy, and your grace. Grant each one a great day and a great week. And may your name be glorified as a result in and through us. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for coming. The Lord bless you richly. Share God's love with one another as you go. Encourage one another in the name of